0: The San Jose Sharks outlast the Toronto Maple Leafs with a last-second goal by Eric Carlson in OT to seal the victory. We'll be speaking about that and a flurry of uh, roster moves on this edition of Teal Town after dark. But first, if you want to be a part of the show and teal together and interact with us, check us out across all the social media platforms. That being the YouTube chat, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit, all the shenanigans that go on the Discord, TikTok. (laughs) Find everything and more at tealtownusa.com. Also, hit us up on the Venmo at tealtownusa. Drop a super chat. We like it. We love it. It helps us bring in the content to you. And uh, this evening, I'm uh, joined by Mr. Ian Reed. Ian, how are you doing?
1: I'm good. When the sharks do good, it's good.
0: <laughs> Show over. <laughs> uh, right. Um, I mean, you know, at this at at this point, this season is. It is what it is with the roster that that's been assembled, and you know we can talk. We've talked ad nauseum at where we think the team's going to end up, and just you know with the talent that's assembled. But it is nice to see a, a win, and uh, good to see one against the Maple Leafs. That's always fun to to stick it to Toronto. But Ian, I mean, I think in the larger context of this season just providing a little false hope or you just gotta win one every once in a while i i really don't know how to break this one down
1: yeah i think look um i think the sharks are gonna win games this season like i i understand people that just want it to be an absolute tire fire and you know go oh and 82 or whatever the O and whatever it is now but they're gonna win games. Like it's it's gonna happen. And I think um, look at this Leafs team hasn't been playing that good of late. Um, you know they're on they're playing their third string goalie. Uh, you know this is this is kind of a game where the Sharks uh, can pick up points and they did. Um, I thought there were stretches of this game where I think they made, where I think Toronto, you know, put on some pressure and there were some times where I thought. They really hung Cap- Capo Caconen out to out dry, um, and, and you know, a couple times it bit them, and a couple times Caconen was there to make the save. But uh, all in all, I mean, yeah, is is kind of just a recipe for the sharks to pick up some points.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree. And, and you know, you can take a look at the, the save percentages uh, after this evening. Neither goaltender had a stellar performance. Kapo Kakanen with an 8.80 save percentage. Uh, let me just double check and make sure that ESPN didn't uh, update us. Nope, it stayed, stay, stayed the same. 8.80 um, st- stopping 22 of 25. And then... Uh, Talia had... Oh, Shelgren. Shulgrin, thank you. Oh, my goodness. Um, 871 save percentage uh, with 27 saves on 31 shots. So, again, I mean, not a... Uh, exhibition of (laughs) goaltending that's for sure um but you know I liked the way in which the Sharks kind of started the game out and you had the game's first goal really quickly in this one it was 26 seconds in Logan Couture with his third of the season Matt Nieto and Alexander Barabanov on that new look second line uh for Couture's third And I mean, on this one, just a beautiful backhand by Couture going to the net, um, set up by Matt Nieto and and Alexander Barabanov, kind of Mm -hmm. a little bit more in the neutral zone. Um, But what were you seeing from that line that that happened to work? Because that wasn't their their only
1: goal. No, um, I mean, I think Barabanov being on that line uh, helps a lot. I know we were talking, I think it was in Discord the other night where maybe I wasn't as complimentary like I like. Alexander Barabona but I don't think he's the guy that stirs the drink but after tonight's game like maybe maybe I'm wrong maybe he maybe he stirs the drink more than um, I give him credit for because I thought he definitely gave Couture a much-needed shot in the arm um, and did a lot of work hit like Nieto too I think I, I know Nieto got dropped down to the Got dropped down out of that spot, and they put LeBanc there as the game went on. But I thought, like early on, like Nieto did some some work, especially on that second goal. I mean, that was mostly Nieto's hustle that Couture was able to capitalize on some weak defense. So I think Barabana being there definitely helped, and it's nice to see that like that give Couture a jump start. Um, I also don't think it's coincidental that like the Sharks put up an everything must go sign, and Couture starts scoring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right uh but uh unfortunately the, the Maple
0: Leafs did answer a, a little bit later on in the first period five minutes 14 seconds uh in and you've got David Kempf with his third of the season with Kerfoot and Mitchell Marner with the assists there um I thought that was kind of a theme of tonight every time that the Sharks kind of hit or or, or punched you know mm-hmm. um, Toronto kind of counterpunched And, and again, I thought we saw a lot of, of back and forth end to end action, which, you know, when I see that happening and I see the Maple Leafs, I just go, okay, this is not the
1: team that you want to be running and gunning against. But I mean, no, and I didn't like, I didn't, I didn't like that goal either. Um, again, just the sharks and defense are are not, it's, it's not a great combination right now. Yeah. And I just, I didn't like how, um. I didn't like how Kemp was able to just kind of get the puck where he got it and was able to shoot on Cockney. And maybe maybe you want to say from Cochrane in there, that's probably fair to say. But I don't think like you should just be able to get a puck there unharassed.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think it was it was some soft defensive play and and it led to the goal. But again, whether it's it's the opposing team kind of pushing back or it's the Sharks kind of. Um, easing the foot off the gas or, or just having a, a, a few mental mistakes ending up in the back of their net. I mean, it it's, seems like whatever mistake that the team does make within their own zone ends up in the back of their net. And like you had said, it, it points to defensive awareness, defensive positioning, and, and the team just not really showing a lot of interest in playing sound defense in their own zone.
1: don't know if it's interest or just I mean look at the blue line
0: yeah yeah it definitely you know leaves a lot to be desired as far as the talent goes I mean we we did see a a couple of um, really good plays from uh, uh, Mark Edward Vlasic tonight you know Mm -hmm. having a a game saving or a goal saving um, block and, and I you know I think with his increased ice time this season you know he's starting to round into form but again, if you're going to be relying on Mark Edward Vlasic to be taking a lion's share of minutes, then, you know, you have bigger problems to, to talk about.
1: Yeah, and look, I think, like, Vlasic has been better this year. I, I, I think he's been better this year. I, I don't, like, again, like, is, is and I'm not going to, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to pick on Jerk here for a second, but I know, like, Jerk was, like, when they were talking about, like, because obviously the news today about, like, Oh, it's rumored that the sharks are basically listening to on everyone. Right. And I think he had Vlasic in his like keep list. And I don't think he's been that good, but I don't know. It's, I mean, you, you need guys that have been around to kind of step up and, and fill roles. And I think, you know, look at Vlasic's best days are behind him, Um, but you know, I'm glad that he's had some redeeming qualities this season.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, uh, you know, I think again, it's it's kind of found its way as his, as his ice time has increased. Um, going into that second period, you did get uh, the the double whammy, <laughs> and and it's very rarely called, um, but you know you get the the double penalty, um, you know, on the same play, which resulted yeah. in, in in the five on three. Um, Logan getting his uh, fourth goal of the season with Barabanov and Carlson. Uh, you know, getting the assists there, and and finally, you know, a much maligned power play. You know, maybe being gifted a little bit one there with the with the five on three. But I mean, it, it just seemed like Barabanov and Couture just had some kind of chemistry tonight, Ian.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like I said earlier, um, added some much needed jump to that line. I think, uh, you know, look at. I I think that the the combination of. Timo Meyer, Tomas Hertl, and Barabon's really good. But this team doesn't have like if you know, you can't you can't count on guys like Sturm and Svechnikov to keep scoring goals regularly for you. Like that's not their role. I mean, it'd be nice if they did, because you know, I like I'm a big Nico Sturm guy, but you know, at some point you have to kind of get that second line going. And if it means you have to kind of go back to and it's kind of like a Peter DeBoer slash Bob Bugner thing because they always were really big on their pairs as well. Um, so it was interesting to see kind of David Quinn kind of adopt that like we're going to pair up a couple of guys and then kind of just see what sticks on the wing. And I think for for what happened like for what happened in this game, it, it worked.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, and again, you had Spetschnikov going up there with Timo and with Hurdle, and you had uh, Logan with Barabanov and with Nieto. Um, Nieto, like you had said, put in some some real good work uh, along the boards with, with Logan's um, first mm-hmm. goal. Um, again, a, another guy that, that got more chances on, on, on net being elevated to that role with With um, Barabana, but you know, I think again. Yeah, he did some work. I
1: mean, eventually, like again, you when as the game went on, it it didn't really, you know, they started kind of rotating guys in and out. I think Kevin Lebanc finished um, on that line, but yeah, I, I thought early on at least like it was a nice pair, but like if. Matt Nieto's your second line winger, like then you've got problems. Yeah, uh, but the Sharks uh, wouldn't have
0: problems on the second part of that power play. Timo Meyer getting his first goal, and <laughs> I mean it had to come this way because it was uh, it was basically one of those bounce off goals that originally was uh, tallied to Logan, and they they thought that he had had the hat trick, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, on further review, it looked like it went off a Timo. Uh, again, Logan and, and Eric Carlson just doing masterful work, um, you know, getting it into a position to to ek to fire it off. Then Logan tipping with you know uh, the the final tip coming on and off of Meyer. So uh, again, good for Timo to finally get off the Schneid. Maybe this will be some kind of mental, um, you know, mental thing for him that you know when he's gotten the monkey off his back. Yeah. Um, but you know, I I, I think. You had those real good feels with the Sharks for about 10, 15 minutes. And then the end of the second period kind of reared its ugly head back up again with Mitchell Marner getting a, a late goal at nineteen thirty. I mean, it was just such a
1: I mean, you can't again like take that goal shouldn't happen in the NHL, but it, like, it was a really pretty play. And like, again, like Toronto has guys that can put the puck in the net. Uh, and and do it lots. I mean, you know, Austin Matthews scored a goal too. I mean, he's like, the reigning Rocket winner. Yeah, no, I think so. Yeah, if I remember I mean, correctly. Yeah. So like you know like burnt. they've they've got guys that can put the puck in the net. Yeah. Um. And you know, and and again, like I said, they're a little a little cavalier on the defense tonight. I thought that um, Capocakman faced a couple of. Opportunities that I thought, you know, were like mm, they probably shouldn't be that pretty, but, um, you know, credit to the hell of a play. Like if you're looking at it from like just objectively as a goal, I mean, they don't come much prettier than that one.
0: Yeah, yeah, and 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 again, the the Sharks' second period woes continue, whether that's uh, you know being on the the minus side of the differential or giving up big plays at the end of periods. But I don't know. I think,
1: I I think the second period kind of woes. I mean, like they're still a thing, but they're not. They're not. It's not the second period's like that they were having to start the season. Like I don't. I feel like it. Like it wasn't a great second period, but it wasn't like the nightmare that they they used to be either. Like I think that the second period talks getting a little. I don't know. It's I, to me, it's a little worn out now because I don't think they've been. They haven't been great, but they haven't been atrocious. Like the second period of those first two games, like they were just putrid. And I don't feel like they've been putrid lately. Like they've been fine.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and again, I think it's it's as the season goes on, you know, the 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 trends will will move in different directions, and and maybe yeah. they're kind of getting through you know they're they're getting past this hump but again it, it just seems like there's a lot of of swings of momentum that this team goes through and and I think it's partly has to do with just not icing you know a, a level of caliber of of talent you know and and when you've got a team like Toronto where the level of talent is just so skewed in their favor you're going to get some mm-hmm. of those real quick bang bang goals and and we Oh yeah that.
1: like it's a team that can come around and like if you if you bobble the puck neutralizer on your blue line like you're gonna pay for it yeah
0: well in that third period the sharks kind of did play um you know uh, kind of kind of were playing a little bit behind the eight ball because um you know toronto would tie it up awesome matthews with his second goal of the season uh this time on the power play with morgan riley and tavares getting the assists that would tie it all up at 538 in the third period and for me, Ian, this is kind of where I said, okay, this is where Toronto's really going to step on the throat, and and they're going to end this. Thing. Yeah. And yet that didn't happen, and we saw the the Sharks, I think, bend but not break in that third period.
1: Yeah, I think that's a fair. That I, I think that would be a fair way to look at it. Um, bend but not break is probably the best way. I, that's really good way to describe
0: it yeah because I I felt Kapokokan and really I mean was the one that held them in in that third to get to the OT um and then of course you know in that OT Mm -hmm. 57 seconds in Eric Carlson with his fourth on the season with the assist from Timo um, on the breakaway it was a really I mean you you saw when um uh, I think it was uh, Marner getting off the ice and slamming his stick on the ice because they had lost possession of the puck, and and mm-hmm. in that swing, that's when Timo was able to get it up to to Carly for the goal. Um, but the Sharks, I, and and I think Kapokakin and in, in for whatever it's worth, really mm-hmm. stole that extra point for them. And. You know, yeah. a, a, again, like he had said, you're going to get some some wins on on the season there. You know, a, bl- a, a blind squirrel is going to find a nut every once in a while.
1: Um,
0: yeah. But again, maybe disappointment from my perspective from Toronto, because I thought, again, that third period was up to them to lose it. I, I don't know. I just felt that that momentum shift in that third. And I'm like, OK, here it goes again. Clown car sharks. Mm-hmm. Um but I mean, what what did you see? I guess did, did you see a different gear from Kakanen to, to keep him in, or
1: or? I think just you know, Kakanen made some really good saves. Um, I don't know if I like if I saw like an extra gear or anything. I just I think he just you know he got he was able to make the saves he needed to save. I, I think he he played a good game. I don't think I think there's only like Kako Capo Kakhnen's only played I think like one bad game in my opinion so far this year. Like I think he's been good. I think the problem for him is that Reimer has just been better.
0: Yeah. And currently his uh Yeah, okay, well it's not updated yet, but going into this game he had an O three and O um uh record with a three forty six uh goals against and an eight seventy three save percentage. So uh like you had said, I thought he had play after that first game, um, I thought that he was started to play well. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you could see him, you know, gaining uh, confidence after each each game. And even in those losses, I, I still felt that he had kept them in games more than yeah. he had. You know, was, and I
1: mean, this is the story with with him last year, too. I thought there was a lot of games last year. It was really good. But he just, you know, like he just didn't have the wins to show for it. And I think that, you know, I, I, I've been I think he's been fine. I think the problem is, is that you need him to if you ideally you want him to outshine Reimer going forward and he hasn't done that so far. And I don't think that's like, I mean, that's, that's not great for if you're the sharks, because obviously I think the sharks would like to have Kapokakkanen take over the net. And, you know, I mean, and then the, it's really early in the season, but like so far he, for me, he hasn't done that yet. Reimer is still number one with a bullet. And I think until like, so you want to see that change, but I still think he's been good. Like I don't have, like I said, I've had one game where I was like, "What the hell are you doing, Like Gak- or Kakanen?" But I think legitimately he's been good. Well, I mean,
0: we'll put a we'll put a bow on the on this one. Uh, you know, and I'll leave you with this little tidbit: Mario Ferraro logging 25 minutes of ice time to lead all defensemen.
1: Uh, pretty crazy, pretty crazy mm-hmm. stat on on that end. But we did have a little... So bit of- they gotta. I mean, guys have got a lot of minutes. Like, yeah. again, you know, like, Brent Burns isn't here anymore. Someone's got to chew up those minutes. Carlson can't chew them all up. Like, we don't need more games where Carlson logs the five-minute shift. Please, God, don't do this again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Like, yeah, I, I remember watching the last game and, and going, is it punishment by minutes?
1: <laughs> no, it's just, it's it's Woody, who do you have, right? You have who you have that you trust on the blue line. Like, are you going to put Matt Benning out there to, to make sure you, you know, to quarterback your power play? No. and Chimick No. <laughs> Mario Ferraro? No. Marco Vlasic? No. I mean, you know, go down the list. It's if you, if you're looking for someone to help you from the points and look at um, Eric Carlson, this this is his game, right? Like he's going to give, he's going to take away. And, and, you know, I think Dane in the chat said it earlier, like, you know, Giveth, taketh, and then giveth again. So it's you know, it, it, it balanced out and that's what you just that's what you need from Red Cross. And you need the the good to be just to outweigh the bad just a little bit and he's fine.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and I mean Dana bringing it up too, and, and kind of echoing what I'm thinking here is is he needs to be a little bit better on the penalties. Um, again, you know, there, there were, there were a couple that were soft, but
1: yeah, there was that soft one in the third on him. Like, I, I think, um, obviously look at putting the puck over the glasses is is a cut and dry call. Um, I don't think you want to see a guy like Eric Carlson put the puck over the glass in that situation, but, uh, there was one penalty on them that was, that I thought was pretty soft. Yeah, for
0: sure. For sure. Um, so I guess it leads us kind of more now into general sharks questions and, and answer time, I guess, or, or what our thoughts are on, but we got a flurry of, of, uh, of moves guys going down to the ECHL from the Barracuda. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got, uh, a guy who is lighting it up on the Cuda who's, you know, just asking for a call up. And then, um, you've also got, pierre lebrun coming out on um on canadian national media saying that the sharks are kind of open for business and yeah uh, with all the moves and with what pierre who i i think is is one of the best um insiders out there and he's always been a, a guy that's always kept his ear to the ground with the sharks um what do you make of all of this ian we're
1: like let's like, can i start with the ECHL stuff let's go with the ECHL stuff okay Good. I'm glad because I, I, I'm glad you brought this up. I did want to address this on the show. So today, well, the other day, um, Ozzy Weisblatt got sent down to the ECHL. And then today, Strauss Mann, who played a really good game last night, I thought, um, in a losing effort against Ontario, um, also got sent down to the ECHL. So the Weisblatt thing kind of made me scratch my head a little bit because I'm like, well, if 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 you're if you're the Barracuda, right? And I think like the the type of player that Ozzy Wiseblood is, I think the Barracuda have a lot of, um, you know. So was I surprised that he got sent down? I was still a little surprised because obviously they've been trying to rotate guys in and out of the in and out of the lineup, um, but at the same time, like. It, to me, this, like, Strauss man going down today, who I think was incredible last night, maybe maybe not incredible, really, really good. I, I, to me, it just feels like the, the, the Barracuda haven't had a legit ECHL affiliate. Like, they had a working arrangement with Orlando. But I feel like with them having an actual affiliate and having a lot of guys, like, the, this Barracuda team has a lot of guys right now on the team. And you have to remember, last year, like, that team got decimated by the sharks because of the injuries that the the sharks just kind of pulled everyone, you know, up and, you know, a lot of, a lot of talk about, Oh, well, you know, look at this, look at the guys who are wearing letters on the Barracuda. Yeah. They're wearing letters because those guys aren't coming up. So if, if the sharks do get plagued by injuries again, like most of those guys are staying there to keep the ship on the track. Like last year, they didn't almost all their letter guys got called up. So back to the ECHL thing. I, I'm not concerned about this. Like if if, if at first one when, when they sent Ozzy down, like I was like, okay, well that's that's concerning because he's a first-round pick. Obviously, now I think what 31st overall, so a late first-round pick, but a first-round pick nonetheless. There is obviously look at there's a there's a stigma around the ECHL, right? Like it's a goon league, it's not a real league, whatever. And I, I think that we have to kind of backtrack from that a little bit like I think we have to rethink how we look at the ECHL when it comes to the guys that they're sending down there because I think it's just an issue of trying to get guys ice time Well, Ozzie Weisblatt was injured in a preseason game and then didn't really get back in the lineup so I wonder if this is like kind of a conditioning thing for him I still wonder if they eventually send him back down to junior for an overage year um 'Cause I don't think long term you don't want him. I don't think you want like a guy like Weisblatt in the ECHL for the long term. But a few games down there just to get, you know, just to get back up to game speed and then maybe come up and and play a game. I don't think there's an issue there. Um, Strauss man again, like I don't think again, like it's you you go, Oh, he's sent to the E. How good can he be? No, he played really good last night. I think if you saw any of preseason, any of the rookie tournament, Strauss man was really, really good. Um, so like, I don't, this isn't an indictment on his play. The thing is, is that Aaron Dell and Etumak and have also been very, very good. And the Barracuda play like three games a week. So it's hard to get, keep guys in game speed. So I'm happy that they're using their ECHL affiliate like they should. And I think as long as guys are getting ice and as long as guys are rotating through, which is what I think is going to happen. Now we'll see if that actually happens. Maybe they don't start rotating guys through and then we can have that conversation. But I think right now the key is just to keep guys playing, get guys opportunities to play. And if that's a couple of games in the ECHL, I don't think that's a disaster for any of the guys that have been sent so far. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I mean, again, we, we did see, um, some more movement and and again i think it it also like you had said goes to that relationship that the sharks now have with their echl affiliate um being a lot more of a of a stabilizing force there and uh, you know we had kevin saying um you know we should liken it to the pens using Mm -hmm. wheeling um a lot of a lot of the time and and you know i think wheeling nailers. Yeah, I, I mean, I think If, if Ozzy, you know, can can do well there, or or at least you know able to get his conditioning up, um, that's a league that is very rough and tumble. And if he can survive that, and he can bulk up a little bit in there, and and maybe thrive a little bit, that that might do him some wonders, you know, coming back up, and or like you said, going the overage route. And we we knew what a Barkley Goodrow, what it wonders that mm-hmm. overage year did for him as well. So. Um, again, I don't think it's it's a complete we should all freak out about it, but it was high yeah, ra- lot racing. Like,
1: there was a lot of like, oh my god, this guy's like th- he's 20 years old. He hasn't played an AHL game yet. Like yeah. it's really, really early to be like, Oh my god, this guy's a bust. Look at he's in he's in the E, he's a bust. Like there are certain players that end up in the E because they are legit busts or just not very good, right? Like there's there's a difference between Zachary Amond and Strauss Mann like and if like and we just you have to be more mindful of like I think people just need to pump the brakes a little bit on Wise Black like I understand like you know again late first round pick so I, I think some people, you know, maybe not a, were as, as thrilled with the pick, but, like, I don't It's, <laughs> it's. – I'm not going to sit here and tell you Ozzy Weisblatt's a bust because he's going to play a game in the ECHL.
0: Yeah, and and it almost kind of reminds me of a guy like a Martin St. Louis, not that he has, you know, any
1: kind don't, of – I know he has a scoring touch. He's more – He's more. to me, Ozzy Weisblatt is Rafi. Like, Rafi Torres without, like, being – like, I don't think right, he's going to – end people's careers but but i liken him to that kind of a player right who's going to be he's going to be really annoying he's going to get under your skin he's going to he's going to score some goals but you're never going to rely on him to be the guy scoring goals like he's he's gonna to me he's a guy that's just he's going to be a pain in the ass to play against um you know and he's going to be able to throw in he's going to be able to add some goals as a secondary threat he's not going to be your primary scoring threat and that's fine like lots of players like that
0: thrive in the nhl well oh, and, and i was just kind of going with, with martin saint louis was just how long it took for him to develop you know as a smaller mm-hmm. player right so yeah. so again I, I all roads to the nhl don't have to be you know through the first round and and you know your first year getting called up it's you know it's not always like that and, and i think in in hockey especially it's it's so much of a of a long game, you know, you got to play the long game versus, you know, trying to get a, an Uber prospect up immediately. So again, and, and the bear
1: could have played fine. Like, again, it's so early in the season for like just some of the, the hot takery. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: Now going over back to the big club with, with what LeBron had said, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's not really surprising. I think, you know, it, Mike Greer wouldn't would be roasted if he didn't say otherwise with the with the way the team's playing right now and and what their their record is dictating is that this team needs to sell pieces that are not going to be building blocks towards the future. And and I totally agree with that um, uh, philosophy. So, you know, a guy like a James Reimer, if you can continue to play the way that he's continuing to play, you, know, you, mm-hmm. you, you get some assets for him. Um, but What guys do you kind of hover on and and look at as, you know, maybe some pieces that you could you could trade and and get some prospects for or or at least where the machinations of the roster is going to end up? It's so
1: hard because, like, here's the thing with this team, right? Like all the guys that you would circle have term left. Like there's no you know what I mean? Like you don't have the I, other than Timo Meyer, you don't have the pure rental on this team. Like anyone who's taking on any of these players is doing it for the long haul in a lot of cases. Right. Like if you are going to take, like if you circle the big names, the coutures, the, you know, I don't think Tomas Hurdle, they just re-signed, but, and it sounds like they don't want to have conversation, with Hurtle, but like everyone else, I mean, other than Timo, like everyone there's, there's not like of the big, big names those aren't rentals. Those are, those are long haul guys. So it'll be interesting to see what happens if anything comes of it. Um, And again, I think again, you know, like if GMs are always listening on everyone, whether they say it out loud or not. Um, But I, I, you know, I don't know. It's, it's so hard because again, like I said, you're not, if you're taking a Logan Couture, you're taking Logan Couture for the next what, three years, four years, right? Right, like it's not, you know, you're not just loading up for for rental on the at the trade deadline like that. You're keeping him. So it'll be interesting to see if anyone actually goes anywhere. But I'm not surprised that Mike Greer would be would be listening on other players because so I think again, I don't think if, if anyone thinks that, you know, in next year that, you know. Portolo and Eklund are going to come up and everything's going to be just peachy. Then like, I don't know, I got bridges to sell you.
0: Yeah. And the other thing too, I look at is, you know, with the cap staying where it's at, I mean, what contenders are going to be trading for big ticket items? I mean, it it, it doesn't look like it, it have to be a very special situation for a Logan Couture or, or heck, even a Timo Meyer to move because one, you got to find somebody who's got the cap space. Two, you mm-hmm. got to—it's got to be somebody that. Well, is,
1: Timo Meyer, you can move at the trade deadline. Like by the time, because he's already made most of his money, like his prorated cap would be nothing at the deadline, and then you have to just deal with him in the summer.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I, I'm just more thinking about the the lines of you know who's who's going to be you know taking. Uh, some of these um, minutes and then not only or not minutes, but who's going to be taken on the contract. But then again, I'm also thinking about how these these players would fit into like a long term solution right you know because with Mm -hmm. logan it'd be an extra three years that you'd have to worry about him and and what you're going to do same thing with a with a vlasic or or even longer with with a carlson if you were able to get somebody to take on that and and i don't think anybody really would so Mm -hmm. again i i don't i just i don't the sharks have painted themselves into this corner and there's not a lot of wiggle room. And I don't see that changing
1: even with a uh, Mike Greer coming out and saying what he said. Yeah, just because he's listening doesn't mean there's people buying. Like you just cause you're selling doesn't mean people are buying. I, I I don't know. I well i'm fascinated to see how this plays out, obviously. But like I I don't think like a fire sale is imminent. Yeah. Yeah. I,
0: I get the same feeling. Um, again, I think maybe some periphery moves, but, but again, I, I just think that the big ticket items are the big ticket items and you're, we're kind of stuck with them for a little while. Um, AJ bringing up a good point. Maybe it's about um, floating some messages. Uh, maybe. I I don't know. I don't want to play psychiatrist on this. Um, but again, you just, you just have to look at, at the cap breakdown. You have to look at what the contract lengths are and what, what, and look at the statements. and you have to look at the
1: trade clauses too. Like those yeah. matter, right? Like Logan Couture, I think, has a no like a three team no trade. Yep. Eric Carlson has a no move. Marco Dodic has a no move until next year, and then he has like a I think a three team no trade. Like he can you can trade me to three teams. Like these the you know, like there's there's not a ton of flexibility to move these contracts. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. Um and, and it, I, I even think it'll probably be, you know, maybe till the off season and we get that cap adjustment that, that we'll see any kind of real major movements and, and even then. I mean this next off season I think we get what a two million, maybe a two and a half million bump. That's Could be the, as high as four, we'll see. But um, you know, in, in years they projecting out, I think it's gonna be mm-hmm. a lot healthier of an outlook, but Right now, I oh yeah.
1: Once the cap, once the cap starts moving, it's gonna, it's gonna go. Yeah. That seems to be like what everyone seems to think is that once the cap starts moving, it's going to go. Because once the, once whatever escrow is paid off by the players because of COVID, like the cap is gonna skyrocket. I think because they've they've added revenue streams and uh, they've added some big revenue streams. Like, obviously, they have because like if you consider how quickly the players paid off their escrow on because of the COVID season, like, obviously things are going well. So I feel like once that hurdle is cleared, I think the cap's just going to start launching through, this, through the roof.
0: Yeah. Uh, Marty, um, Marty Warmoth, um dude, we're, we're Detroit before Ye- Yeiserman. We need Greer to clean house a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's what this year is for, is to kind of figure out what they have going forward and then you can start to take the scalpel to it. So um again, I don't think we should a sharks fan should be prepared for too much movement until the off season comes. Like I said, maybe a periphery piece here or there come trade deadline. Uh, Oh, sure. Like, I
1: think, like, you know, like someone's going to someone's going to pay a pretty penny for Nico Sturm at the deadline. Um, You know, does James Reimer fetch a pretty piece of the deadline? He should. Goalies generally don't. But like, if he keeps up this play, like I can't I I'd be shocked if a if a playoff team doesn't, you know, that might be having concerns with their goaltending situation wouldn't sniffer on James Reimer, knowing that it's a it's a rental. It's a pure rental. Right right yeah exactly so
0: with that I mean I think we'll 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 start to end it up here Ian um it, just on on the season so far the sharks have played ten games They're three and seven kind of right at where we're kind of expecting them to be uh what do you see come the weekend and do you see any any other changes coming on the horizon or, or oh, man, the I have
1: so many I have so much hockey to watch this weekend who are they even <laughs> playing this weekend
0: uh let's they're see. playing the lightning next aren't they yeah they're playing the lightning that'll be, that'll
1: be a mess yeah
0: that's that's kind of where i'm at too i think um yeah the
1: lightning might clean after up. Ch- game against the lightning lake sharks that sharks smells and like a game trash game. <laughs> that's just bad that is bad written all over it yeah yeah uh barracuda play this weekend too i believe it's gonna be fun Yeah, for
0: sure. For sure. If you haven't already, please like, subscribe, hit the bell uh, to get notified when we go after dark. Uh, Of course, we go after dark after every Sharks game. We have uh, Pucknologist uh, every Sunday. And uh, we have a few sprinkled here and there, some Barracuda segments and stuff. And, and Ian's been doing a great job on covering those guys. And
1: yeah, um, I think we're definitely at some point uh, going to have to get a of glasses back off the ground. Kind of get uh, kind of cover what the Barracuda have done so far. Barracuda played twice this weekend. They played both Friday and Saturday night at the Texeira Arena against the Tucson Roadrunners. Um, I will definitely shit chat about that on the. Uh, the old Twitter machine under the uh, teal Town account, So,
0: all right, all right, Ian. Well, um, last, your your final thoughts, and where the people can find you.
1: Uh, final thoughts: When the sharks do good, it's good. I mean, I know I know everyone's on Team Tank, and I, I get it. I think the sharks will still lose plenty of games between now. So I'm gonna. I think you should try and you should still enjoy the ones they win. That I, that's just my take on it. Like I I understand wanting to be bad. I understand wanting that sexy draft pick, but. Again, like I like I said, every show so far I've been on it's drafts in May. We got a lot of hockey before that. so let's uh let's let's enjoy let's enjoy the simple things in life. And then when they lose a bunch of games and we get a nice sweet draft pick in, in May, June, whatever, then, you know, we'll, we'll enjoy it then.
0: Yeah. And as Kevin's saying, uh, go to ho- uh, Hoptoberfest at TechCU arena, yeah. uh, get your drink on. I think AJ is, is, is correcting him on the, uh, on the timing. Maybe it's wishful thinking there, Kevin. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, my final thoughts and I mean, I think for me, it's, kind of just continue to to work on the fundamentals um again I'm not expecting much from this team. So really I wanna what I wanna see is is the team um, continuing to work in the same direction. Um, having like little...
1: there's still things in your life that I enjoy, right? Like in watching the Leafs lose is one of them. So if the Sharks can can give me that one small joy in life and then lose a bunch of games, that's that's great for me, man.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um and you can find me across all the social media garbage using my first name, that's Eric, and my last name that's Landy. And uh, in case you missed us or you want to check us out again, check us out on YouTube on the Rewind, uh, but also across all of these different podcasting uh, applications. So you got the Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, uh, of course, the YouTube Rewind, SoundCloud, Spotify, Spotify. TuneIn, iHeart, Audacity, and of course, everything and more at tealtownusa.com. Well, for Eric and Ian. And the rest of the crew, we will see you after the Sharks game on Saturday. And uh, thanks again for checking us out. And uh, keep it real. Keep it teal. Keep it real, teal. Thanks, everybody. And we'll see you after the Lightning game.